This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Episode 12, Colorful India Ooga Booga, Sawyer shouted, jumping out from behind the doorway, holding one of Grandpa's long wooden tribal masks over his face. Grandpa, sitting in his wing-back chair in front of the fire, didn't even glance up from his book. Instead, he licked his thumb and turned to the next page. Jeez, not even a blink, huh? Sawyer said, lowering the mask. 
when you've been ambushed by real tribal warriors wearing those masks, you find that very little can spook you, Grandpa said, keeping his eyes on the page. Sawyer slumped his shoulders and walked back to the living room, where he plopped onto the couch next to Susie. Susie was busy sifting through the dragon's secret plan documents. I bet he didn't even look at you, she said. Sawyer shook his head. I'm pretty sure I could have plowed through the study in a school bus dressed like a gorilla, and he still wouldn't have noticed. Don't take it personally, Susie said. Mom said this is a hard time of the year for him. Why? Susie shrugged. I don't know, but this might cheer him up. She held up the documents. What'd you find? It looks like we've screwed up a lot of the dragon's plans already, Susie said, flipping through the files. Russia, China, Germany, Switzerland, Africa, Mexico, Australia. We've stopped some of their biggest crime operations. A few more blows and we might stop them for good. Sweet! Let's go tell him. They took the documents to the study, but stopped in the doorway. Grandpa was staring into the fire, his book in his lap tears running down his cheeks into his beard. They'd never seen Grandpa cry before. What were they supposed to say? For a moment, all they could do was look at each other and prod the other to speak up. Sawyer smiled at Susie and tapped his forehead, signaling he had an idea. Um, Gramps? He said. Grandpa stiffened in his chair and quickly wiped his cheeks. <clears throat> yes? Could you help me find my lucky quarter? Susie looked at him. Was this his brilliant idea? Grandpa tilted his head. Your what? My lucky quarter. I lost it in one of those chairs by the nightstand and I can't find it. I figured you know your furniture better than anyone, so maybe you could help? Susie fought the urge to roll her eyes. To her surprise, Grandpa started nodding. You know, I've lost a small fortune of change in those big chairs, he said, getting up. Let's see what we can find. He shuffled over to one of the chairs and started digging through the cushions. Sawyer and Susie walked over to the chair on the other side of the table and joined in the search. Between the two chairs, sitting like a shiny trophy on the table, was the globe. While Susie and Grandpa were distracted, looking for a lucky quarter that didn't exist, Sawyer quietly spun the globe. Then, in an instant, he grabbed both of their hands and used Grandpa's finger to touch the spinning ball. The three of them sucked into the globe like a vacuum slurping up dust bunnies. When they landed, Grandpa immediately turned and picked Sawyer up by his shirt. What are you, crazy? Tricking me into touching the globe? I, I slipped and was just using your hand to catch my fall on the spinning globe. Sawyer's excuse made even him cringe. Um, guys? Susie said, looking around in awe. Grandpa and Sawyer, now eye to eye, looked out at their surroundings. They were standing in a grassy valley, split by a river and surrounded by green, rolling mountains. Spotted deer leapt over the river. Peacocks spread their colorful feathers and strutted over the dirt road, pecking it for food. 
Monkeys played on the branches of a nearby tree, and unless Susie was seeing things, a Bengal tiger watched them from a distance through the tall grass. Grandpa slowly lowered Sawyer. India, he said under his breath, his angry expression softening a bit. Susie flipped open the guidebook to the page on India. Words faded onto the paper. We're in the Jim Corbett National Park, the oldest national park in India. It says to explore the wildlife on a jeep safari? They glanced around and sure enough, an empty little jeep sat waiting for them. See, Gramps, a safari! Isn't this great? Sawyer said, hoping the news would cheer him up. This doesn't change anything, young man, Grandpa huffed. Come on, in the jeep. They climbed in, Susie in the passenger seat, and Sawyer sprawled out in the back. Sawyer felt a light rumble. He looked around. Hmm, that was weird. There it was again. He craned his neck over the side of the jeep and stared at a deep, circular footprint that had been made into a puddle from the recent rains. The water rippled. Sawyer looked up to see an elephant the size of a double-decker bus charging towards them. We gotta get out of here, he said. What? Susie said. We gotta get out of here! Susie and Grandpa turned and saw the huge gray elephant heading right for them. Grandpa struggled with the keys. His nervous hands fumbled through a ridiculous amount of choices. The elephant was much closer now, lowering its head, aiming its tusks, and bugling at them. Grandpa, come on! Susie shouted. Finally, he found the key. He jammed it into the ignition. The engine roared. Dirt clouded behind the jeep as it peeled out and sped off down the road. The elephant emerged from the cloud of dust, charging faster than ever, inching closer with every stomp. A few heavy strides and it was upon them. It rammed its head into the side of the jeep, tipping it onto two wheels. Must go faster, Sawyer said, the elephant's bugling trunk inches from his face. Grandpa pushed the jeep as fast as it could go. Just as they started to pull away from the charging animal, Sawyer heard a voice. It sounded like it said, wait, friends. But it could have been, eat them. He heard it again, though it was growing fainter the further they got from the elephant. Stop, Sawyer said. Stop, Susie shouted. Make up your mind, Grandpa yelled. Stop, Sawyer repeated. Grandpa slammed on the brakes. They turned and saw the elephant jog up to the jeep and then stop. A man wearing a colorful silk shirwani, a long-fitted coat traditional to India, poked his head out from behind the elephant's giant ears. Why are you trying to run away? said the man. Harish just wants to say hello. Oh, uh, hello, Harish. Sawyer said, patting the elephant's trunk. No, you silly boy, said the man. I am Harish. Are you lost? 
The tigers like when people get lost. The man slid down the elephant's leg, which the elephant stretched out to help him descend. Cool. Can I ride him? Sawyer said, playing with the elephant's trunk. The man swatted his hand away. Don't touch, he said. We're not lost, Susie told him. We're just exploring. Sawyer leaned closer to the man and whispered, We're trying to cheer up my grandpa. It's been a rough day. Harish raised his eyebrows. Ah, Harish knows just a thing. Susie looked down at the guidebook as a new set of instructions appeared. We're going to Kashmir, she said. Very beautiful, Kashmir. That wasn't what Harish was thinking, but it would do the trick. You have a very long journey ahead of you. Yes, we do. Goodbye, Grandpa said, starting the jeep and driving off. The globe-trotting magic from the globe and guidebook made the trip incredibly short, a quick five-minute drive instead of a day-long trip. To their surprise, Harish's elephant came to a thomping stop just behind them when they arrived. What in the world? Grandpa said, turning to see Harish slide down off the elephant and brush the dust off his silk coat. Harish looked at them with a big smile. I don't know what just happened, but I think I may have found the fastest elephant on planet Earth. He must have gotten caught up in the tailwind of the globe-trotting magic, Susie whispered to Grandpa. Whoa, Sawyer said, looking around. The great Himalayan mountains wrapped around them, some blanketed in green, others tall and rocky. Purple, yellow, and orange wildflowers cascaded down their sides and stopped at the banks of a beautiful green lake. Harish took a deep breath of the cool mountain air. Kashmir in the springtime. This is where you come to forget all your worries. He glanced at Grandpa to see if its enchanting effect was working on him. But Grandpa just looked around, still glum as ever. If anything, his eyes were starting to look wet again. Sawyer nudged Susie to say something. Um, let's see. She looked back down at the book, unable to think of a better distraction. Kashmir is in the northernmost region of India, she read. Those mountains we are seeing are the Himalayas. In Sanskrit, Hima means snow, and Alaya means place or abode, and they stretch over 1,500 miles. She skimmed down the page. Wow! There are over a billion people that live in India, and the official languages are Hindi and English. Get this, yoga and the game of chess were invented here. Grandpa wasn't paying attention. He stared off at the vibrant flowers that swayed in the breeze as if they brought back a flood of memories. Harish leaned sideways and hid his mouth with his hand. This isn't working he whispered to the twins. I know, Sawyer said. Maybe if you let me ride your elephant, it will cheer him up. No. Dang. What the heck, Susie said. This place is incredible. How can we top this? Suddenly, more words appeared in the guidebook. The three of them looked down. Harish's eyes grew wide. Um, your book is writing itself. He whispered. His terror turned to delight when he read, 
visit the Taj Mahal. Minutes later, they were zipping through the country in the jeep, Harish close behind on his elephant, riding the magical tailwind. When they stopped, Harish looked down at his big gray companion. I really need to start racing this elephant. Yeah, we do, Sawyer said, stroking the elephant's leg. Harish looked down at him, amused. No. The Taj Mahal, Grandpa muttered, stepping out of the jeep. Whoa, Sawyer and Susie said together. Harish's elephant bugled his own amazement. A long, narrow pool stretched out before them like a royal carpet. At the end of it was an ivory-white palace, rounded on the top like a giant snowball had fallen from the heavens and plopped onto it. At each of its four corners were white towers that stood like lighthouses overlooking the stunning landscape. Susie read the description of their destination. The Taj Mahal, which means crown of the palace, is an ivory-white marble mausoleum on the banks of the Yamuna River in the city of Agra. What's a mausoleum? Sawyer asked. It is a building that is constructed as a monument where a deceased person is buried, Harish answered. Wait, there's a dead person in there? Sawyer said. It's a tomb? Susie added. Grandpa jumped in. It was built in the mid-1600s by the Mughal emperor, Shah Jahan, to house the tomb of his wife, Mumtaz Mahal. It took over 20,000 artisans to complete it. Grandpa walked towards the palace and the others followed. Their jaws dropped when they stepped inside. It was the most beautifully detailed building they'd ever seen. Every inch of the palace was decorated with some hand-painted or hand-carved design. Colored marble cut to look like flowers spread through the floor tiles and up the walls. Carefully painted designs wound up columns and tall archways. Bright, colorful cathedral ceilings towered above them. Susie felt like she had walked into a painting. She saw a couple young Indian women wearing beautiful dresses. They looked like princesses. Noticing her interest in the clothing, Harish went outside and returned with something from his pack. Here, Harish always comes prepared, he said, handing it to her. Susie unfolded the fabric to reveal a beautiful dress, just like the ones the Indian women were wearing. Why do you carry around a girl's dress? Sawyer asked, a little weirded out. Because I like to wear them when it gets warm. Seriously? No! Harish makes clothes for our living. Wow, Sawyer said, looking over Harish's shoulder to see Susie walk out from the restroom. The dress was turquoise, with a dark blue drape over her shoulder. It was beautiful. It was obvious Susie felt pretty in it. Sorry, Harish said. For what? I love it, Susie beamed. No. That is what the dress is called. It is a sari. Oh, thank you, Harish. It's wonderful. You're welcome. Grandpa didn't seem to notice. He was quietly walking through the Taj Mahal, sadly looking around, occasionally mumbling to himself. At one point, Sawyer thought he heard him say something like, She loved it here. Well, Harish said, 
If this place doesn't do it for him, I don't know what will. Should we try my idea? Looks like we have nothing to lose. Lead the way, Susie said. They dragged Grandpa back to the jeep and with the guidebook's permission followed Harish's instructions to Mumbai, the biggest city in India. Grandpa steered the jeep behind Harish and his elephant, which looked totally out of place in the busy skyscraper-lined streets of Mumbai. After pushing through a few traffic jams, they stopped at a film studio in the heart of the city. Welcome to Bollywood, India's film capital, Harish said with pride. They make Indian movies here? Susie asked, her eyes lighting up. Indian cinema is one of the largest producers of films in the world, Harish explained. And today, you get to be the stars. Come on, come on, we can't be late. Harish, I don't think this is such a good idea, Grandpa moaned. Nonsense, you will love it. They walked into a dark building, Harish still on his elephant, and waited. Suddenly, colorful spotlights flashed on and bouncy Indian music blared through unseen speakers. Out from the shadows twirled Indian women wearing beautiful sari dresses. Men stepped out in the light from the other side of the stage. Both groups danced perfectly in sync with the music, clapping, stepping, and gracefully moving their arms and hands. They looked like they were having a blast. Sawyer and Susie couldn't help themselves. They jumped right in and joined them. Susie caught onto the steps pretty quick, but Sawyer kept tripping over himself and telling half the cast sorry when he stepped on their toes. Standing on top of his elephant, Harish rode out into the middle of it all and bust out his best Bollywood dance moves. Sawyer kept trying to climb onto the elephant to dance next to him, but the elephant's trunk kept slapping him away. Grandpa stood back and watched. When the song ended and the director shouted, Cut! Grandpa forced a few claps and then told them they needed to go. Oh, sorry, Harish said. Don't worry about it, Harish. It's not you, Susie said. I was talking about your sorry dress. It ripped while you were dancing. Oh, what could possibly keep Gramps down like this? Sawyer asked. I don't know, Susie said, but it's time we found out. Susie opened the guidebook and told them their next destination, hoping it would be somewhere quiet where they could sit down and talk. The instructions led them to a small restaurant in the city of Delhi. They ordered, as the book suggested, butter chicken, which was chopped chicken swimming in creamy curry sauce served over rice, with a side of black lentils and naans, or tandoor-baked Indian flatbread. Grandpa had a delicious chole chickpea curry. Harish downed an entire bowl of sweet pongal, a sweetly spiced rice topped with raisins that was meant to be shared by the group. The only person he shared with was his elephant, who kept reaching his trunk in through the window to take his turn with the spoon. Grandpa sat quietly in his chair, barely eating more than a couple bites. Grandpa, what's wrong? Susie finally asked him. Yeah, Gramps, even for you this is pretty moody, Sawyer added. Grandpa raised an eyebrow at him. Moody, he said. I'm not trying to be moody. 
<sighs> he sighed. I'm sorry if I've ruined the trip for you two. You mean the three of you, Harish corrected. This hasn't exactly been a vacation for me either. Grandpa rolled his eyes. I'm sorry, everyone, for raining on your parade. He paused and then said, This is around the time that I lost your grandmother. The table went quiet. It just so happens that India was one of her favorite places. We came here together often. I'm sorry, Grandpa. We had no idea, Sawyer said. Yeah, Mom and Dad don't tell us anything, Susie added. That's my doing, Grandpa admitted. I told them not to bother you with it. I didn't want to put a damper on your visit. He chuckled. Look how that worked out. Susie took Grandpa by the hand and smiled. She would be happy we're here. Grandpa smiled and wiped a tear from his cheek. Nothing would make her happier. I'll tell you, the table wouldn't be this depressing. <laughs> she would have been the life of the party. Oh boy, Sawyer said, looking down at the guidebook on the table. Incoming. Another set of instructions faded onto the page. Susie read them as they appeared. Step outside and enjoy holy. Holy? Sawyer wondered. Grandpa's whole face smiled. I nearly forgot, he said. Come on, outside. He stood and the others followed. Outside, thousands of people gathered in the streets. Grandpa took a sack of colored powder offered by a woman. He led the way through the crowd towards the giant bonfire lit in the plaza. Holy is the spring festival of colors, he said as they walked. It is symbolic of the arrival of spring and the victory of good over evil, something I'm sure you two have come to appreciate. Sawyer and Susie nodded and took their own sack of colored powder. This was your grandma's favorite celebration, Grandpa continued. We made it a tradition to come every year. They stopped in the middle of the crowd as music started to play. All at once, people started throwing the bright, colorful powders into the air as they cheered. Clouds of greens, yellows, and pinks poofed above them. Grandpa smeared color on the twins' faces and laughed. The twins, in turn, grabbed fistfuls of their own powder and threw it back at him. Sawyer and Susie had never had so much fun in their lives. It was like being a part of the biggest food fight ever. Hey, where's Harish? Sawyer said, stopping and looking around with his rainbow-powdered face. An elephant bugled behind him. He turned and saw Harish, standing next to his elephant, which was covered in colorful powdered handprints. Dumbo says you can ride him now, Harish said with a grin. Dumbo? You think you're the only ones who watch American movies? Go on, hop on! With a little help from Dumbo's trunk, Sawyer climbed onto the elephant's back and helped Susie and Grandpa on as well. From atop the elephant, they threw their colored powder over the crowd, laughing and cheering with the masses. Gong! 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 The three of them looked across the plaza at a clock tower showing four o'clock. 
Disappearing in a cloud of colorful dust, they vanished off the elephant's back and landed onto the sofa in Grandpa's study. Still covered in every color imaginable, Grandpa and the twins laughed. Oh, thank you, you two, for cheering me up, Grandpa said. You're welcome, they said, giving him a hug. Sorry I forced you to touch the globe, Sawyer said. About that, Grandpa started, but the doorbell rang. When they answered it, they found their parents standing on the porch. They looked over their colorful kids and Grandpa, who grinned through a pink powdered beard. Sawyer and Susie's parents were speechless. Uh, Susie tried to steal my bucket of chalk while I was playing in the driveway, so... Yeah. He jabbed Susie. Race you to the car! They bolted past their parents and ran for the car. Their parents slowly turned and looked back at Grandpa, who gave them a wink before closing the door. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Grandpa's Globe. And like always, I have to apologize for butchering the Indian accent. I tried, guys. I really tried, okay? So don't hate me. I did my best. Something really cool happened the other day. I had a Rocketeer point out an error from our last Grandpa's Globe episode. Chaitanya or C, as he likes to go by. If you're listening, you are the man. Chaitanya noticed that in the last episode, I accidentally said Lydia instead of Susie in one of the lines. I had to go back and listen to it for myself, and guess what? He was right. So I had to fix it. So anybody who downloads it now will get the updated version. But Chaitanya, if I had some kind of really cool prize, I would send it your way. Maybe in the future I will do that. But I wanted to give you a huge shout out, not just for listening, but for listening intently and catching that error. That was impressive. And from what I've been told, see, you've made a huge change in moving from India recently to North Carolina. And I just want to tell you, dude, you are amazing. That has got to be a big, big transition. And I hope it's going well. I want to personally welcome you to the United States and wish you the very best. I hope you love it here. I hear amazing things about North Carolina. Just ask my wife. I'm kind of obsessed with it, and I've never been there. It's kind of weird, but I hope to get there someday. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm thrilled you're listening to the podcast, and thank you so much for catching that error. I owe you big time, dude. I owe you big time. And you know what's so cool is that when Chaitanya's mom reached out to pass along C's correction, it was at the exact same time that I was in the middle of writing this episode on India. Big shout out to our man C. Chaitanya, everybody. hey And thank you all for tuning in every Monday and listening to this podcast. Email me at purplerocketpodcast at gmail.com and let me know how it's going. Tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to see in the future. 
I'm open to suggestions. I've got a bazillion ideas of other stories I plan on working on very soon, but I want to make sure you guys are satisfied, so I want to hear your feedback. Thank you guys again for listening. We'll see you next week, Rocketeers. Till Monday. This is your host, Greg Webb.